Hi guys, um, it's Friday the 15th of October. Welcome to another episode of We Are Curious. Our main story tonight is on Uber. First of all, before we go there, I have um, a guest with me on the show. Please, my guest, can you say hi to the listeners? Hi, I'm Nicole Omaya, um, community manager at HISA. And yeah. Yeah, so um, if you've never heard of Nicole, I'm sure you've seen all those cool posts on the on the HISA social media uh, platforms. Uh, currently, we've had a lot of posts that detail back the journey of various listed companies on the NSC. That is thanks to the good work of Nicole and the team. Uh, probably check them out. But our main story tonight is on Uber. Specifically, um, Uber Kenya. And then maybe we'll also get to touch up a little bit on um, on what's happening between Kenya and Somalia. Specifically, the ruling that was given out this week. And how that will will implicate us and, and, and stuff. So, welcome to the show. Now... Nicole, could you tell us what's happening there? Um, so, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? Kenya's High Court issued uh, a ruling against Uber. So, this dates, dates back to 2016. In 2016, 34 plaintiffs filed a, a lawsuit against Uber Kenya. Kindly note, Uber Kenya Limited, because that will come in handy later. So the lawsuit claimed that Uber had violated the their online contracts. Yeah? Right. And uh, the contract said that the plaintiffs would transport the Kenya's customer base at a minimum of 60 shillings per kilometer. Yeah. And the minimum fare would be 300 shillings per kilometer. Yeah. So, and under this agreement, Uber retained 25, 25%. But then again, Uber came to reduce the minimum rate per kilometer to 35 shillings and the minimum fare to 200 shillings and still cutting, taking 25% away. But Nicole, before, before we even go to what happened in 2016, uh -huh. what, what was the ruling... Um, what 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 did the ruling this week say? This week? Yes. Now, as uh, for those for those who are unfamiliar with the case, so um, the ruling this week essentially pointed out to the case in 2016, and what the high court said, what the court said is that there is a link between Uber Kenya, Uber BV, and uh, Uber BV Holdings. And here's the thing, in as much as that might seem to be a small thing, the case in 2016 against uh, Uber Kenya was um, was ruled that, you know, there was no there was no relationship in that drivers had entered a contractual relationship with Uber BV, which is um, the Amsterdam based company, the Amsterdam based yeah. company um, where where you sign up and, you know, have contacts with when you sign up to be an Uber driver online and uh, not Uber Kenya. So technically, the ruling in 2016 was that, you know what, you guys cannot sue Uber Kenya. Yeah. And uh, while that was let loose, the ruling this week said that, you know what, Uber Kenya is tied down to Uber BV. There's a natural link. 
yes there's an actual link yeah. which 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 is a no brainer because Uber Kenya is a subsidiary of um of of course Uber the head company with a 90 to 10% split between Uber BV Holdings mm-hmm. and Uber BV mm-hmm. and Uber Kenya of course is acting on behalf of you know Uber BV and Uber Holdings yeah and maybe Nicole let's go back to the the case here in um in in 2016 mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um let me just give you a few a few a few dates if you don't mind Um Uber came to Kenya in June 2015. And um when when the company came to Kenya there was a lot of those were a lot of buzz especially you know around drivers. This is because um Uber was providing a cheaper was providing a cheaper way to travel especially for consumers. So consumers who would ideally call a taxi literally hail at a taxi started moving towards online platforms like Uber. They were cheaper, right? Yes. And convenient. And convenient. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those a lot of predictability when it comes to price. Yeah. There's there's the fact that you know you can literally call call a driver outside your point of view. And that that made sense. It did. So as as the company as the company sort of continued to undrivers, guys moved away from the normal taxi business to sign up for Uber. And I have to say this the major signups here were because of the of the promise of you know the promise of good returns mm-hmm. as as nicole said earlier uber was promising um around around 60 shillings per kilometer yeah and a minimum of 300 shillings okay yeah and of course this came uh, with uber taking a commission of 25% and then the remaining 75% was to remain with the driver and um this is something that we're going to go into detail way later because i actually managed to interview um a couple of uber drivers just to get the sense of what happens with the remaining 75% and then on um and then on i, I can't remember the exact date actually on the 28th of july 2016 that's when uber decided to to drop the rates by um and they decided to drop the rates to 35 shillings per kilometer which is almost half of what that that promised drivers and uh they also dropped the minimum rate to shillings 200 while this made sense to customers in the sense of customers were able to to pay less for the service yeah it became cheaper for us it did it, it became cheaper for us but then it didn't it didn't make sense of uh it did make financial sense to the drivers you know there's that assurance that the drivers had when they were entering the platform that they, that they don't have right now yeah. and here's the thing for uber it might not mean much because they still get to keep a clean 25% regardless so whether they charge 60 shillings per kilometer or 20 shillings per kilometer there's is there's is a percentage not an absolute and when we have more customers um using the service just by the sheer economies of scale the the income would would multiply mm-hmm. whereas for the for for the driver in as much as yes driving more customers would earn more income it would also increase you know your your cost your fuel cost would increase your data cost would increase your maintenance cost would increase because you're covering more more kilometers given granted i know the the regulatory cost involved in uh, driving at uber would still would still say the same but then the other costs here are, are are the problem and that was actually the crux 
of um, Kanuri and 34 others suing Uba Kenya on the 26th of, of October 2016. Um, just to before 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 we go, Nico, what I, I know you've really really interacted with 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 the court case. This is the 2016 court case. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What was what were some of the things that um, we noticed? And uh, what was what was the outcome? Or what were the different arguments that were presented? Or maybe what's something that caught your eye in the in the court case? I mean, something that caught my eye was that Uber claims that it does not employ its drivers, but acts as as an intermediary between the drivers and the clients. Mm -hmm. So this particular issue has caused a lot of problems, not only in Kenya, but also around the world. So in Amsterdam, yeah, earlier this year, um... There was a similar court case, rather, um, in some of the drivers, there was an issue that the drivers are employees and not contractors. Mm-hmm. It was uh, actually the... As in, we've, yeah? we, essentially, we've had this argument of where to classify to classify Uber drivers across, across the world, right? Because yeah. I'm also aware we had, um, we had a similar ongoing case with or rather in California where um Uber drivers were or rather wanted to be classified as employees so that they can access a certain as a, a certain ses, or <laughs> a certain set of benefits that would not apply if they were just treated as contractors, yes? Yeah. Um something that something that caught my eye is you know what? Um, Uber Kenya, rather a huge chunk of the of the case, um, hung on the line, hung on the on the line of establishing a relationship between Uber Kenya and Uber BV, and the the then ruling was that um, the the relationship between those those companies was unclear, and I, you know, this when talking about court cases, I really really prefer to prefer to. Um, to, to talk about or rather to paraphrase the words that are discussed here and um, those those the issue those the issue that you know what Uber when signing up to be an Uber driver you actually do it online and you sign online agreements with Uber BV so it didn't make sense to see Uber Kenya because Uber Kenya um, was not privy to that contract between Uber BV and and the drivers but then again somewhere along the line came the argument that you know what um uber kenya is just a shell company acting on behalf of of course uber bv which is based in amsterdam which is actually the truth of the matter here at least in my opinion and um here's the thing so was uber being sneaky uh, which Can't one? Say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, starting from the top, Uber BV, then Uber Kenya. I mean, the, 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 I feel like the, the long distance relationship, <laughs> all pun intended, between, 
between Uber, Uber Kenya, and um, Uber subsidiaries. And it's not just an issue of Uber Kenya here, but the the fact that there is a space in between um, that relationship allows, you know, it it presents legislation legislative hurdles yeah. when it comes to suing Uber. There's that there's that string of r- relations, uh-huh. and um, we've seen how um, shell companies mostly allow allow um, allow corporates rather to get away with things, and sometimes yeah. individuals. Um, I'm not. This is not a lie, but then we've seen what's happening between what's what's been happening with the Pandora Papers. Ooh. I, that's that's not <laughs> that's, okay, that's yeah. not that's not a box that we're opening anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. But then um, something that something that really really um, caught my eye was the argument here of Uber drivers, and you know what? Uber drivers were saying that the the various offers that we have. And re- the reduction of the reduction of fare, especially to, um, to to customers, was affecting them financially. So, this is what I thought. You know what? I was like, how about we go down to the ground and find out what it actually costs to sign up for Uber? And that's that's what we wanna. Um, that's what we wanna um, talk about talk, talk about on the platform. Oh my god, I've been on mute for, for so long. <laughs> um yeah, so that's that's what we want to talk about on the platform. And this is what it costs to be an Uber driver. In case you missed um a few minutes of the of the podcast, I'm gonna air, we're gonna air it live and you will you will definitely get that. But Nicole, I talked to I talked to one of my um I talked to one of my former Uber drivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, former former is an estranged relations because you never know when you're gonna bump into them again. Yeah. But then he, these were the costs that would be involved um in, in getting into an Uber. But before I get that, I, I know we have a lawyer on the on the chat and I'd like to say to hi say hi to her. Hi Rima. Looks like Grima is indisposed. Anyway, um, what does it actually what does it actually cost to to be an Uber driver? And of course, the first thing that you need to be an Uber driver is definitely a car. Definitely. And and the requirements the requirements that we have for for a car is a car that's between um, six hundred and fifty to a thousand three hundred cc's, right? And um, most of the cars that we have seen in this category, or rather, in just in your experience, most of the most of the cars that will carry you if you're riding Uber in Kenya, it's either a Honda Fit, um, a Paso, it's a Mazda Demio, it's a Suzuki Auto, the Kadudu, you know, um, it's a Vitz, it's a it's a Nissan Note, it's yeah. a Toyota Raptis, and there's there's that there's that range of range of small cars. So of course, um, before you like before you sign up for the platform, either you have that car or you um, you plan ways of acquiring it, which could um, which could include, you know, going to uh, a financier like a bank. I remember when Uber entered the country, 
they had partnered with CDN Bank to allow drivers to get cars on loans. Of course, um, some people who own cars chose to put their cars on Uber, and some people who do not own cars decided to be employed by people who own cars on Uber, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember earlier they had earlier we had bigger categories for for cars. Uh, do you remember? I, I don't know how I don't know how long you've been riding on Uber, but since those, it came out, what do you mean? <laughs> rich people problems, rich people problems. But then, so when Uber came out, I remember you'd find cars as big as um, a Toyota Fielder, yeah, Arctis, um, and this is because um, at that time Uber had bigger categories of. Of cars, I think this was under the under the category of um, Uber Uber Select. Was it Uber Select or Uber X? Uber Select. I, I can't I can't remember which was it. I remember one of them was um, for the quote unquote um, higher higher. Ubers for like seven passengers. I think it was Uber Select. Yeah. Might be wrong. That is Uber <laughs> Family. <laughs> If you're going out to a party and you're like seven, you 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 choose Uber Select. Was it Uber Select? Might be wrong. No, I um yeah, I, I I can't I can't remember well, and this just shows you how how long I've been riding Uber. <laughs> um, I remember we had Uber. I think it was Select was the expensive one, and yeah. then X was the X was the normal one. Yeah, before Chop Chop, right? Yeah, before 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 Uber Uber Chap Chap came, and now yeah. I know they've added Uber Uber Pool. You can actually um, there's Uber Pool. Yeah, there's carpooling services. Kenya. When was the last time you were in an Uber <laughs> Bana? And then of course there's the usual Uber Boda. Um, in case you don't want to send a lot of fare, and then of course we have Uber Connect. But then at that time when we had um, other categories of, of of bigger cars, we also had Uber Excel. I remember. Though you could you could use a bigger car to to to, to drive um, in the platform, but then I know they phased them out in Kenya to leave um, just a, a normal Uber car, Uber Chap Chap, and then of course um, Uber Pool and uh, Uber Connect and uh, what's the other one? Uber Boda. So when when they still allowed bigger categories in Kenya, you could still come in with your old car. So after they phased them out. You either had to um, get another car, or you know that that big old car of yours would be phased out gradually. Yes. Mm-hmm. So here you're thinking: if you're buying a new car, there's that the, there's the cost of acquisition. Yeah. If you're getting your car through a loan, um, there's the cost of the car, and then of course there's the interest rate of the loan, including you know um, the different the different charges that come with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then apart from that, you had to get um you had to get a PSV license. So um go to a driving school, get a category A B, get a category A license. I think A B C E applied at that time. Um when they started, you could simply get an endorsement if you had um if you had a B C E license, mm-hmm. but then now you have to get an A. And then, of course, you have to get um, a PSV badge because you just having a car, a personal car, doesn't necessarily make you fit. So this means I have to go back to school and get a class A. Um, 
Well, at the moment, you you, have, you need a class A to get into Uber. But then beyond just the driving license, uh-huh. you need so you need a PSV badge to show that you actually approved to drive around people uh-huh. for for public transport purposes. The same way matatu drivers have a special a badge that allows them to drive. You. In as much as you can drive, Nicole, you simply can't get into an Uber and drive people around. Oh, well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you planned to. Yeah, it's like a hassle. Did you have a car that I don't know about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, away from that, so and a PSV badge would cost you around a thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the catch a PSV badge needs you to have, of course, good conduct, so you'd still need another thousand uh, for that. Okay, and these are just some of the, some of the entry costs you need. So, a car. PSV license, PSV badge. Of course, once you acquire the car, the car has to get um, comprehensive insurance. So you just can't get a third get party. party. You're, you're driving. No. Um, for you to, to actually run um, on this service, you need comprehensive. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from comprehensive, if you're on Uber specifically, there's two levels of inspections. Of course, there's that annual, uh, there's that annual inspection required by the government, which would cost you around a thousand. And then there's the Uber inspection. And, um, uh, let me, let me give Uber what they deserve. Uber here has partnered with, um, Auto Express and Kingsway Tires for inspection. So instead of a thousand, I think you'll pay around 600. They'll check your lights. They'll check your wipers. They'll check cracks on windows and whatnot. And then, of course, as of as of any driver in the PSV, you have to renew your good conduct annually, and then of course um, the PSV badge is renewable. And um, is a driving license renewable? I don't have a driving license. Yeah, after three years. After three years. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> so you see, there's there's that um, there's that annual recurrency of cost, and then of course there's there's the daily cost here, Nicole. Uh, for you to run an Uber, you need, you will be, you will be outsourcing for, for car wash services. Of course. Um, maybe once or a couple of times a day, depending on how you want to clean your car and depending on whether you're driving around the Juja railway area or not. Mm-hmm. This, this, this is the data cost. And, uh, I checked the Uber website. Yeah. And, um, the Uber website says that on average, I think you need around uh, three GB a month to oh, data. Three GB. Yeah, just to this is just to run just to run Uber, okay. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's there's the maintenance of the car. How much would three GB cost you for a month? If it's airtime, it would be cheaper. If it's a five How many Uber drivers have you ever used airtime? <laughs> Quite insulting. <laughs> anyway, um, of course, uh, that would cost you maybe around around three hundred shillings. For three GB. A GB is a hundred. That's for daily validity. Oh, daily, okay. But then for 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 a month, it might cost you maybe three hundred to five hundred. I think a thousand worst case scenario. A thousand. Worst case scenario, right? Okay, and then there's the maintenance of the car, mm-hmm. which again varies depending on what car you're driving. Because um, since we are a country that imports cars, 
your parts might, might not always be available and the rarer, the rarer the parts, the more expensive they are. Yeah. And then this is also subject to driver behavior. What do you mean? Um, if, you, if you constantly run your car across potholes and those nasty bumps in Kileleshwa, you will have to repair your shocks more often than other people. I feel like this is what happens when you outsource a driver, but if it was you... But, but that's the thing. For you, for you to expand as an Uber driver, uh-huh. or, or, or for you to expand as any business, you need scale. For you to for you to have scale, you need to employ people. So it's not something that you can run away from. Of course, you yeah. can reduce that risk by just employing the right person. There's never the right person, but you. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't know. Here's well, the thing, yeah. Uh-huh. There's that. And I know, I know you might be listening and you're wondering why am I going through or why are we going through the trouble of explaining to you these costs? This is because um, all these costs are, are costs that are actually tied to that 75% that the driver goes home with. Yeah. And uh, that 75% reduces whenever Uber charges less. Yeah. And here's the thing, if you're paying, um, whatever you're paying in Kenya for Uber is way cheaper compared to what other people pay globally. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uber, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we're enjoying Kenya? Yes. Um, I, I, talked, I talked to a couple of, a couple of German friends and uh-huh. um, they, were, they were telling me that whatever we pay in Kenya is so little. Uber. Let me let me, you know Uber actually has a has a calculator. Um, let me put a random destination in. Uh, say, let me put a random a random destination in. Um, say in the US. Mm-hmm. Now I have to remember. Uh, I have to remember random destinations in, from movies. <laughs> <laughs> I almost thought you'd be in the US. I, mean, I actually have. You have? Yes. That's a lie. Um, so, let me see. Um, why can't I get price estimates? I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get price estimates, but then again, I, I would, I'd have to could have to get distances and but we have established we're having it way yes we're, we're enjoying it of, of course we're way cheaper we're like we're, we're, we're enjoying like in kenya uber is significantly cheaper mm-hmm. this one hey this one i'd have to get i'd have to go to google maps and do all that anyway as i do that um uber uber is cheaper in kenya than, than it is in many in many other parts of the world. Okay, and I also think it's cheaper because of um, the different regulatory costs. Mm-hmm. As as you said earlier, um, there are minimum wage regulations in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. I think we have minimum wage regulations in Kenya that do not necessarily apply on paper. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are, um, of course, we've had the contention between Uber drivers in states like California, in countries like 
um, the Netherlands on whether they should be treated as employees or not. Yeah. And all that factors in into um into the cost into the into the cost of an Uber because in then Uber has to make money but then it has to it has to cater for it has to cater for all those. And in Kenya it doesn't. And here's the thing if it if Uber were to cater for all that um if Uber were to cater for all those uh all those things rather it would have to charge more. And for Uber to charge to charge more um it would scare away customers. But the fact that it's currently charging less in Kenya means it's hurting the business owners, right? Um, Or not necessarily. That's 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 actually that's what actually what we're trying to talk about here. Yes, the fact that Uber is charging less here means it's hurting it's hurting the drivers because some expenses are not like percentages or something. They're like the absolutes. And that was what the case was about. And that that is exactly what was the case of. Yeah. That, that's 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 why we had the case because the drivers were like, you know what? This is what. Um, actually quote in quote I, i have a quote from the drivers mm-hmm. um the, the the case file read drivers entered an agreement online with an like with certain levels of financial assurances mm-hmm. and the assurances were a minimum fare of 300 shillings and um like a fixed charge rate of 60 shillings per kilometer okay um I have I have figured out the, the the mathematics. So for for 65 I put in two random addresses which is 752 West, West Main Street to 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 Buffalo which is around a distance of um 41 miles. 41 miles is um 65 kilometers. How much do you think Uber would charge you here? 65 kilometers is a lot. How much how much would you pay for 65 kilometers here? In Kenya, 65 kilometers is like from where to where? Uh, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe a place in Kajiado to a place in Wangike. Like I'm thinking maybe from Isinya to uh-huh. Wangike. I am confident that will not, that's going to be maybe around 2700. And I can actually find it in my Uber app. But then in the US, that would cost you for, for, for an Uber Connect, that would cost you around... Um, that would cost you around $55.35 which is like um that's what um, 55 55.35 times 110 yeah, this 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 dollar it's banner it's actually 6088 shillings so it's almost double that's that's close to almost double what yeah. we charge here okay And I wonder um I wonder what they charge per kilometer. Um because the 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 cost of cancellation fees uh-huh. is is like I think it's $5. Almost the same as here. It's 500 when you cancel an Uber. I don't cancel an Uber. <laughs> Why would I do that? I'm not rich or something. But like that's 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 the thing. And um so 55 is the little less you, you pay if you're going for Uber XL you pay for like you pay 96. Mm-hmm. So 
the fact that um, back back to the expenses here, um, we talked about car wash, we talked about data, we talked about um, maintenance, and um, assuming you haven't ruined any part of your car as an Uber driver, assuming you're not replacing the shocks, the tires, the maintenance that you probably have to do every month is an oil change. Yeah. Um, which is done when you drive your car uh, from between 3,000 to 10,000 kilometers. And um, you'd have to replace your, your oil, you'd have to replace your oil filter and your air filter. And this will cost you around um, 3,500 um, a month. Uh, if you're doing it independently, if you're doing it with like Uber partners, like Auto Express, that's 2,800. But then most drivers are arguing that, you know what, as Uber continues to charge lower, um, we're not making enough money. When I talked to a driver today, they were estimating, they were estimating the, the net revenues in a day to be around, um, 2000 shillings a day. Yeah. And remember, I, I, I have, I have to warn you. That's a net revenue, of course, after they've paid commissions, fewer, yeah. but then they can't, or rather they have not accounted for maintenance because that's daily money. So maintenance is something that's going to pop up. They're going to have to dip into their pockets. Yeah. So, not enough. But this is what I'm curious about. This is, this is why we're here. This is the curious case here. Nicole, um, would you be willing to pay more for Uber if it means that the driver is getting... Um, a fair idea. How much is more? Um, we're, we're at the offices and <laughs> here to town is around 300, right? Yeah, correct. How much would you be willing to pay from here to town? Well, I have a good night with men, but the drivers would get a sustainable profit. Mm -hmm. 500 max. Past that, no. Yeah. That's 10 times what you pay in a matatu. But yeah, the, you pay for the comfort zone. If you walk to Chiromo. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Too far, right? <laughs> Too far. <laughs> <laughs> Too far. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's that's that was a curious case today. But anyway, um Would you pay more if it meant that the drivers are getting their profits? Would you be willing to is the right question? From where I sit, mm -hmm. I would. I'm a customer. I'm trying to reduce my costs. Yeah. Okay. But you don't use them by every listen, day. Okay. listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. Cool. I am a customer. I am trying to reduce my costs. Mm -hmm. But if all platforms charged more, I'd have no option. Ooh. Do you think you'd stop using Uber because Uber bumped their prices by what a hundred? No, you won't. I wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. It's a cost you'd be you'd be willing to pay, and yeah. I'm actually um, I'm curious about rather I'm curious of what happens now now that the court has ruled that you know what um, Uber Kenya Uber BV based in Amsterdam are related because mm -hmm. this is what the this is what the plaintiffs had asked for earlier um, that asked for. No, no, no. This is what they asked for in 2016. Uh -huh. We're revising it five years, five years later, mm -hmm. um, as if it's a national election. Mm -hmm. They asked for 
that asked for damages first of all okay. uh for the for for the difference in um for the difference in what they expected in terms of earnings so the difference between um the minimum charge of 300 and what uber started charging from the 28th of july 2016 which is 200 shillings yeah or and um the difference between your and or, and or thank you kizungu ili kujana mimi uh the difference between uh the 60 kilometers or rather 60 shillings per kilometers and 35 shillings per kilometers and um this this is what those damages would look like this is going to be that difference times the number of um number of trips which i think would probably look at the number of kilometers if yeah. we if we're looking at uh, the charge per kilometer we're going to look at the number of kilometers a driver has driven oh also dam- um damages for the for the breach of contract yeah. of course Course. And and then of course um Uber would shoulder the cost of this case. Now that we're back in court, that's what I'm curious about. Absolutely. That is what I'm curious about. Something I'll be watching closely. Definitely. Yeah. But if you're out there um I'd, I'd love to hear would you be willing to pay more um in case or rather if you feel like the drivers are getting a better deal comment to our social media platforms comment on the link below this podcast which i'm going to post tomorrow morning definitely not tonight i need a weekend <laughs> um comment on it let's hear from you um yeah uh-huh. but something else uh something else that that caught my mind also this week is um somalia and kenya with the ruling did you is it something that you were looking up for nicole I mean I watched news so <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I bounced into the story. Yeah, um mm-hmm. I was something that caught my eye um in in that case was was the fact that um Kenya decided to Oh, there's no way of saying it nicely. Let me find <laughs> the right words. It's you go reject, first. Reject, reject Kenya, rejected. Is it? Um, it rejected the ruling. Uhuru was like, no, he's not willing. He's not willing to um, accept the results of the ICJ. Yeah. Is it for you? I I I don't know. That's I think that's and something. Accused I'd, the ICJ of bias. That is something that I would let I'd, I'd, I'd let um, someone with more experience <laughs> comment. I know. And um I'm just going to call them out. Hi Rima, how are you? Hi, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Um the, How are you this evening? Oh, I am dandy. It's it's a it's a nice Friday evening. How about yourself? <laughs> Thank you so much by the way. Um for those who do not know the voice behind um b- behind the mic mediated by several internet service providers. Her name is Rima Mogiri. Maybe Rima you can tell us more about who you are. My name is Rima. And I'm from Kenya. Uh, so I mainly practice banking 
financial services, real estate, and you know, I mix here and there, commercial law, family law, a little bit of everything, but mainly working in financial Right, so you're the right person to come with it, to come to in case my girlfriend breaks my TV because of a text. Yes. <laughs> More if you need a mortgage. <laughs> Both. Need to buy shares in my company. Right. Like that. Right. Um, Rima, I remember we were we were discussing with you earlier on um, on on Twitter with regards to what's happening between. What's happening in the Ken- in the case between Kenya and Somalia? I don't know if you want to highlight some of the what's or maybe summarize um, what has been happening. In short, to our new listeners who might not have an idea. Right. No. Um, I'm so sorry about that. Um, so, I'm so sorry. I was getting a phone call. Sorry. It's okay. Um, it, a dispute over uh, um, a coastal line, I guess. You feel that. Uh, so, um, Kenya could not agree with Somalia on how the um, how would you say? On essentially how we're going to divide uh, the maritime border? The maritime border. But Kenya was basing its argument on the, the bilateral agreement we had with Tanzania, mm-hmm. which really doesn't have any precedent in the, in the world. It's just an agreement we had with Tanzania. And uh, Somalia was, uh, of course, Going to ICJ on the principle of uh, equidistance. So uh, you'll find this principle set out in Article 15 of the United Nations uh, Convention on the Law of the Sea. Right. You're going to try to US, UNSL, United Nations Convention, Convention on the Law of the Sea, Article 15. Mm-hmm. So basically, I think um, from my opinion or from my reading of the case, the argument uh, put forth by Kenya would have been on the principle of equity. So there is a way to judge. The notion of equity is um, attached to the delimitation of the um, of, of coastal shelf, you say, in a process uh, that was proclaimed uh, maybe in 1945, I think, mm-hmm. uh, the North um, case, the North Sea case by the U.S. President. Um, so, uh, the, the equitable principle. And um, Somalia uh, was on the basis of Pakistan, which is a uh,
and and maybe uh, uh, so as you pointed out Kenya withdrew from the case mm-hmm. um of course maybe I think because Somalia had a stronger Kenya was facing the argument on the fact that they've done this before in Tanzania, but the Tanzanian um, border issue was settled between the two countries on agreement. And um, the proceedings began in much of this year prior to uh, Kenya had which was seen as a move like you can speculate that Kenya wanted in case the ICJ decided for Somalia if they pull out of the, the, the case they would later disagree with the judgment right as you know Kenya and Somalia are signatories so they are bound by the judgment mm-hmm. so by pulling out Right. And maybe a curious question that we'd have is, um, we have, of course, we've, after Kenya has um, deferred from the, from the ICJ a couple of times, alleging that it needs more time to prepare for the court case. And, um, yeah. you know, the court finally released the ruling, right? What was it? Mm-hmm. But it was favorable of what Somalia wanted than what Kenya wanted. That's that's really complicated. <laughs> yeah. So um, the dilly of Kenya before was probably um, you know trying to bulldoze Somalia into uh, you know maybe using the AU, which mm-hmm. Kenya has very uh, significant um, say in. And probably the decided to give up Kenya. Right. Or, you know, try any other method of mediating over the issue. Um, so the, the, the case was decided more in, favor, uh, in favor of Somalia than Kenya. In, in what based way? For distance uh, principle. So does it mean that Somalia gets the, the 200 nautical miles? So Somalia gets the... So the, the area in this region was around 100 and something square kilometers. Mm-hmm. So Somalia got a big chunk of that than Kenya did. And this is an area which is said to probably have very uh, you know, lucrative natural resource extraction that would go on there. That mm-hmm. Kenya was already trying to Mm-hmm. We don't know how to enforce it. 
and given the history between Kenya and Somalia, you know, the, the security frictions, you may say, um, we don't know how Kenya is going to, uh, uh, of course, they, uh, the president rejected this ruling, but what is going to be the, the reaction on the, on the ground in this Thank you so much for, for clarifying that remark. And maybe a question that I would have for you is um, whose responsibility is it to actually enforce the ruling? What is some of the impact that uh, we expect to Kenya, apart from, of course, losing access to some of the minerals that we were looking into? So, of course, the, the, the major impact is that the economic impact. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. yeah um, I'm so sorry, I think my internet is really hard. No, no, you're actually clear. It's okay. Um, yes, this is this is definitely something that um, something that we're curious about, and it's something that that continues developing. Of course, um, as we must stated in the previous past, we've seen um, Kenya and Somalia push and shove each other, at least from a dip diplomatic point of view, with um, one country uh, closing its embassies. Um, and of course, we've seen the expulsion of um, ambassadors and um, some sort of dancing around different social and political and, and engagements. But I guess since we have a ruling now, it's it's a matter of wait and see, right? Yes. Uh, even though we have the ruling as pointed earlier, uh, how will this ruling be enforced? How will you force Kenya to um, accept the judgment of the court and you know uh, seize the area that has been away to to Somalia? So I guess the going forward, best thing would be. Um, you know, still entering into discussion, maybe using the AU. Um, but in my opinion, Somalia had a stronger case mm -hmm. because even Kenya foresaw that and withdrew from the case so that they can later um, seize your both signatures to, you know, ICJ. We have we are bound by decisions that are made. But then the participation what? needs express consent from the from the individual countries here, right? Yes. So Kenya not participating is essentially just trying to. They foresaw that ICJ would uh, um, be in favor of Somali based on precedent. Recent cases regarding maritime um, disputes that have been tried, so we have been heard that the ICJ. Have been based on that precedent of the Buddhists. And so Somalia had a stronger case, but given the history of Somalia and Kenya and you know in the region, uh, what does that mean for Somaliland and Puntland? Do they um, 
joining with Kenya you know how does Kenya handle this going forward if they do not want to accept the ICJ judgment maybe something there's something that you mentioned here um, which is the involvement of um, other multilateral bodies like the, the AU um, hypothetically do we have any other um, body that has appellate jurisdiction over the ruling of the ICJ? So we really don't. Uh, once you go to ICJ, that's it. Whatever, whatever judgment they pass is binding mm-hmm. uh, between the countries. It's the enforceability of those judgments that is the problem. How do you, once you uh, pass the ruling, how, how do you make a, a country you know, follow up with that. So, since we know probably Kenya is not going to, <laughs> we could have, um, you know, the, the sort of like mediation of maybe from African bodies that will get more say and have more respect, uh, uh, will gain more respect from both countries. Because already Somalia accepted the judgment, even though they didn't get everything they wanted. It was more in their favor, of course. It was more in their favor. Kenyans, um, Kenya as a country loses more, especially if, but, but also there's the point of, you know, countries moving away from fossil fuels and, you know, the oil industry. Somalia want to, you know, engage in exploring those waters where they say, you know, they may have, um, a lot of wealth in it. Is that the route that Somalia wants to take? And you know, given also the history to Kenya and Somalia, uh, how would that play out? You know, I've heard people say uh, Kenya should go to war. That this shouldn't be an issue that we should go to war over. If we could have like some, uh, you know, bilateral talk, or even go to the A, it, it could be better than. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Rima, for, for, for shining light um, to that. In case, in case you just joined after, after Rima came in, um, Rima joined us today to give us a more legal insight to what's going on between um, Kenya and Somalia and the ruling that was given um, at the ICJ, which more lean, leans towards Somalia, as she correctly said. Um, you should definitely follow Rima on Twitter at Rima Mugiri, that is at R-I-M-A-H, M-O-G-I-R-I. Rima, thank you so much for joining us on um, on We Are Curious. Thank you so much, and I'm sorry I was a bit flustered. Mm. I was rushing home to make sure that I was here. Typical Kenyan problems. We appreciate you for going the, the, the extra mile. <laughs> thank you so much. Right. To our listeners on We Are Curious, this is all we had for today. Um, two curious cases, which is the curious case of um, Uber drivers versus Uber Kenyan, Uber BV. We're still waiting. We're waiting to see what will happen now that the court has ruled that um, Uber Kenya is 
has um, intricate relationships or is interlinked with um, Uber BV and Uber Holdings, will this uh, bring back the court case? Will the drivers get the damages? And of course, the curious case of um, Kenya and Somalia at the ICJ. What now, now that um, the ICJ has given out its ruling? And Kenya has rejected and, 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 our president. And our president has rejected yeah. and we have sentiments being aired all over. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining today's show. Of course, this show is brought to you by the HISA app, uh, which is where you want to get all your market data, where you'll be listening to this and other amazing podcasts um, by the HISA and the Kenyan Wall Street team. Also, it's a place where you want to be uh, buying global shares soon enough. Download HISA app on Google Play Store or uh, the Apple App Store. If you're more of a market guy, I know this is a Friday podcast. I like to call it a chill cast. If you're more into markets and investments, I highly recommend Markets Monday, or popularly known as the Weekly Market Updates. It's a podcast done by our Chief Financial Analyst, Felix Uchien. That's where you want to get all your analysis of what happened in the previous week and some of the things that you want to look out for uh, in the coming week. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. My name is Ali Mokaneno, your host, and I was co-hosted by... Nicola Maya. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.